Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man. That state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, I'm your host, Ryan Gable. And you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio, airing five nights a week, Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, right after Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Secret Teachings. If you're listening in the free archive or in the subscription archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you'd like to contact the show, 
You can email us at rdgable, rdgable at yahoo.com. You can also find us on social media, TST underscore underscore radio on Twitter and The Secret Teachings on Facebook. You can also search the show name on any radio or podcast player or app and listen to the show for free that way if you're not a subscriber. My book's on the website. If you buy one of those, you support the show that way. My book, Occult Arcana, has a huge section on all of the major holly or holy days that we celebrate, including Halloween and the fall of man and the black horse of the apocalypse bringing famine as we harvest before the winter. And we look at things like that in the book. And of course, on the secret teachings, we spoke with Anthony Tyler on Monday. And we also spoke last night with our co-host. He hasn't been on the show for a while, Jack. He was with us to discuss how life really isn't that bad, how we've seen a lot of really great improvements in human civilization in the last 40, 50 years. I mean, every, every 50 years, every 10 years, we see great improvements. So things really aren't as scary as they might seem on the surface. But nevertheless, as we approach Halloween, we like to do a number of different uh, Halloween-themed shows here on The Secret Teachings. And this month is going so fast, it's almost, uh, it's almost Halloween already. Of course, you have a three-day festival. It's not just Halloween. It's, you've got you know Mischief Night or All Hallows Eve. You've got the All Souls Day on the 2nd and All Saints Day uh, on the 1st. And of course, the, uh, the, the Day of the Dead is really a three-day festival in the, in the Mexican tradition as well. So we've looked at all these things so far over the last couple of weeks and sort of touched Monday and Tuesday on the idea of things like vampires and predators in the night, things that we might associate with Halloween and darker times of the year. It's these intelligences, these ideas, vampires, demons, monsters, psychopaths, murderers, killers. When you look at things that seem more supernatural, like, for example, you think about a zombie. You think about something like a vampire or a werewolf. All of these things have their historical basis in their contemporary mythology. They didn't just pop or appear out of nowhere. And there probably weren't werewolves as we've seen them in movies running around a couple hundred years ago. However, these things are also very real in the sense that the ideas that we have about, say, a vampire or a corpse coming back to life, they're based on real things. So, for example, I have this really interesting book by a guy named Paul Barber called Vampires, Burial, and Death. And he talks about in the book how, you know, people would see, you know, a corpse and, uh, you know, the corpse would be totally white. So you'd have, that's kind of where you get the idea of the death mask, the death face, the, the pill white horse, which is death, which is the horse of the winter, the pale horse. Um, and you have this in you know, the white horse is the spring, red horse is the summer, of course. So you have like this corpse and it's, you know, pale and it's dead. And uh, oftentimes, you know, blood would be coming out of the mouth. So this kind of led to the idea that, you know, vampires are sucking your blood. But, you know, vampires are more than just sucking your blood, coming back to life, living in a coffin. You know, that's the pop culture aspect of them. Vampires are also very real. I mean, psychologists 
Uh, spiritualists recognize vampires, and you don't even have to be a, a psychologist or a spiritualist. You can just be an average, everyday person who has some friends that you, you might get along with, but they tend to drain your energy. Well, that's vampirism. That's the idea of it. Uh, in the same way that uh, the idea that we should have garlic to protect ourselves from these things partly comes from the idea that, uh, and we know this in contemporary times, uh, if you have certain forms of parasites in your stomach or your intestines, if you take a lot of garlic or you like soak garlic in water, it will actually get rid of the parasites. And this, you know, what is a vampire? It's a parasite. It feeds off of you. So these ideas to me are pretty fascinating. Uh, a lot of the, the monsters and the demons and these other things, these malignant elements that tempt, that corrupt, that destroy these nightmarish beings, uh, you know, in, in, uh, I guess we could call them astral terms. Uh, they refer to these as astral corpses, their shells or their husks of, uh, and waste products of, of larger or universal, perhaps physical or egregoric uh, organisms or elements. But then you have uh, the demons, the classical demons that uh, rip and tear at you throughout your life. And th- we talked about this last night. And I know my, my, my friend and my co-host, Jack, and I always get into this, but I tell him that evil is a necessary thing. And uh, these demons are a necessary thing. All these evil things that we see in different cultures, they're necessary because if we don't have these, call them demon for lack of a better word, then we are not encouraged to be a better person. We are not encouraged to grow, to adapt. We're not encouraged to build or to create. We stay stagnant. It's the necessary evil, and I'm not talking about psychopaths. I'm talking about the necessary evil that we perceive in the world, and I'm not talking about Bill Gates either, but there's a necessary evil, a necessary darkness. How can you appreciate or understand the light and the warmth unless you've felt darkness and cold? That's the idea. So there are a lot of other creatures and monsters and scary ideas and scary themes that we could discuss and we're going to do that tonight with our good friend, Derek Murphy, the Night Stalker, here on The Secret Teachings. Derek, I was talking to my fiance earlier, and she said, you're like one of the best-known radio show hosts who doesn't actually have a radio show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. It's a really pleasure to be here. I know. It's, a, uh, it's, it's, it's my, my kind of curse I'm living. I don't actually have the means and the technology. I don't even have a, compu- a working computer in the last, like, two years. So I'm lucky enough that... Uh, I'm able to like call into shows and, and be on shows like yours and stuff and get to uh, release kind of these synchronicities that are building up my brain because I don't have my own outlets. So it's a pleasure. It's a at, treat. Thank at, you, Ryan. You're welcome. At least you have a phone. At least you have exactly, a phone. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. So you can get into the show. So from what I just said, vampires, monsters, demons, and all that, I don't know if those are really as popular anymore. I mean, I know we had movies like Chucky in the past, but nowadays it seems like dolls are the scary thing. Yeah. You know? That seems to be the, the dominant cultural pop culture trend right now. For sure, for sure. I mean, we'll get into some, some monster lore stuff that does seem to be creeping up. I, I can't tell if it's because it's the uh, spooky season, like hashtag spooky season, but um, we're, the doll stuff, we, we talked about the last show where we talked about kind of the permeation of this like dollification of America, kind of. The, they're trying to create a bunch of empty, empty doll husks of all of us and then potentially even uh, house demons or entities or what have you inside those empty doll husks, which 
honestly, like two weeks after we did that episode, maybe a little, maybe a little more recently to right now. Um, do you see that Megan trailer that for that like kind of robot doll thing? This new thing from James Wan. I indeed did see that trailer. Oh, yes. Geez. This creeped me out big time. So, so with, with the haunted doll thing. So anyone who hasn't heard that show should definitely go back and check it out. It's, it's August, it's, August 30th is that show yeah. we did all dolled up. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. So, so with the doll stuff, take all those doll ideas and just kind of extrapolate. I, I think a lot of that fits the kind of the robot ideas. I, I kind of consider, um, haunted robots to be kind of the new haunted dolls and the idea if whatever mechanism allows dolls to become haunted if they're because they're anthropomorphized people or or because they're these empty shells these like these these kind of like dead husk things that that allows for possession or whatever a robot seems to scratch that itch even even more so when when it comes to what these entities might want uh it's not exactly a human but it, it, it seems to be the next best thing you know so this this new Megan movie, like, Meg, like M3GAN or something, it's from, from James Wan, who's the guy who made The Conjuring, which is like the biggest horror franchise of the new millennium, basically. It's, it's more profitable than the uh, Avengers movies, technically. Um, huge. It's a huge franchise. And they, they, they have the uh, Annabelle franchise under, under that umbrella and everything. And then Blumhouse, who is, who's like the biggest horror production company right now. So... They're rolling out this Megan movie. The trailer's already out, but apparently it's not going to be out until 2024. I don't know how they have a trailer. But this thing absolutely chilled me. So it kind of starts out with, um, there's no spoilers, it was just in the trailer, but it starts out with this girl who I believe she like lost her best friend or like lost her, her sister or she has some kind of trauma. And they got, and her parents like work for this tech company who's like rolling out this new doll companion thing, which is, was really happening during COVID, like the rise of the companion robot was a massive, massive thing during COVID. So this is, it's, it's based in reality. So they give this little girl, this little girl robot, who just looks like this, looks like this life-size robot doll thing, this kind of doll-like little, little girl. And as the, as the trailer progresses, it gets more and more creepy. She starts to like kind of resent the parents every time the parents treat her as if she's not a real person. Like the more and more the daughter treats her like real, the parents have to kind of push back and say, this is not a real person. So then... I mean, you should watch the trailer, but just, just all of a sudden the, the trailer turns to, to full scale horror. And this, this, this little robot girl is like creepily dancing around and then starts like running through the woods and like galloping like some kind of hellhound and stuff. And it's just, I don't know, I'm rambling, but just this is, this, this absolutely chilled me. And it comes right on the heels of, of, of us analyzing all the doll stuff. This so is, it just honestly blew me away. Yeah, this is like an updated Chucky. I, I seen the trailer with the dancing. The dancing is what creeped me out the most. So creepy. I mean, that, that, that there's a, and there's a reason for that. It's like when you watch that movie, I mean, I haven't watched it. I don't think I could, but I watched the trailer for Smile. And it's like when you see a mo- movie like Smile or you see this, this doll, human, child dancing, when you see kids that are in you know, a scary movie and kids are doing things that kids don't normally do, that, I mean, obviously that's the psychology. That's why it's scary. Dolls aren't supposed to be alive. Kids aren't supposed to be evil. People aren't supposed to be doing evil things while they're smiling, which, you know, it's kind of like George Bush. Remember, he used to smile when he talked about, you know, the, the death tolls. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like that. I mean, yeah. that, that shows you psychopathy. That shows you that there's an empty shell. That shows you that something is inhabiting that structure, that body that is not necessarily human and in some cases not childlike at all. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even even Biden, has, I can't tell, honestly, what's what's a meme, like what's like a exaggerated version of him smiling and what's him really smiling. But he's just the the definition of just he looks like the hat man yeah they're literally rolling up here he, he couldn't be more of an empty husk i don't know if he's possessed by something but he's not he's not operating with uh 
with the soul he was born with, I don't think, you know, uh, not to get too spooky, but like, yeah. So in this, in synchronistically, this, this Megan trailer, um, was the same weekend or like within a, a matter of days from, uh, from Musk's, um, AI Tesla robot day or whatever, where he rolled out his Tesla bot. The Optimus. So, yeah. The Optimus Grimes. Yeah. Um, and like the, there was a, this big, um, kind of, there's like three pictures that were kind of circulating around from this event. And one of them was, and I'm kind of, this might be a little bit of reaching for, for synchronicity, like maybe, but um, there was one where there was just an image of these robots. Like as you walk into the, to the facility, to the arena, you walk in this, like um, a robot hands giving like the, I love you sign or whatever, which I mean, could, depending on how you want to analyze it, could be the, the devil horn sign or, or whatever you want. And then, there's a video where they're explaining the, the, the dexterity of the robot hand and how the robot hand is like different than other robot hands and it can move better and stuff. And, and the hand it, cho- it chose to use was, was the left hand and stuff. And it's just, um, the way they made it kind of like, they made it look like a fallen angel. They kind of made it look like this weird faceless glowing thing. And it's going to like kind of save humanity. It's weird. It's a really weird thing. So I don't use Twitter, but technically I have a Twitter. Um, so I tweeted at Musk being like with a picture of, of like the devil horn hands or whatever. And I said, uh, please convince me that you're not building millions of vessels to eventually house these demonic entities in it. Like, please, te- please explain to me how you're creating a sentience and not like unleashing one onto all of us. And then like 10 minutes passes. And I realized that I only have like three tweets in four years and I would look like a crazy person to leave that up. So <laughs> I deleted it, but yeah, I don't know. The, the doll, the doll robot stuff, I think goes hand in hand and just, like 20, there's a bunch of articles from like New York Times and all kinds of tech sites, you know, the pandemic might be remembered less for the virus and more so for this rollout of technology, primarily the roll the rollout of robot companions. That was a major, major thing. Well, of um, course, because I mean, yeah. people were more depressed, still are more anxious, more stressed, more worried, more suicidal, more alcohol, more drugs, more disconnected, less family, less friends less work environment, everything's done at home on the computer, tablet, phone, etc. So obviously the robot, which can't carry a disease now, would be the perfect companion. Exactly. exactly. And that's what, and that's what Megan is all about, essentially. Uh, well, actually, it's, just, hold on, Derek. It's like a Trojan yeah. horse, really. You know, you're, you're afraid you're in your home, you don't have any friends, you don't have any family, you get one of these robots, they wheel them into the door like the Trojan horse, and then the demon comes out. Exactly, exactly. And, and like... Giving it it's to tie it immediately with emotion and to tie it like mm-hmm. is interesting. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a magician. I don't really know what magic that well, like, other than just the research I've done. But just to put emotion, to put like your your will and your intention, and to put personal like personhood onto these things, seem to like seem like it would have some type of chemical uh, effect. Like and especially people just pouring their emotions onto the internet and. The idea that the internet itself could potentially house entities on it is uh, or, scary, or that it itself, that it's conscious, or like we've said before on the secret teachings, that Elon Musk is purchasing Twitter, the biggest social media platform, just to obtain the data, so that his AI can learn and he can plug it into the Optimus robots. Exactly, exactly, and I think just the the rise of the AI art stuff that we've, we've talked about before. Yes, just even since even since we've done the show, that has really boosted to us to a scary degree like i was just searching terms the other day like a few weeks ago um on just what like, kind of anything i could really think of there's there was like um uh 
Necrolodian. It's like, what if Nickelodeon was Necronomicon? What, what if Lovecraft mm-hmm. is Nickelodeon? Stuff? Mm-hmm. Just any type of wild things your imagination can think of. Somebody has already put it into this AI art thing. So it's almost like the AI is harvesting our ideas at the same time as, as it's uh, collecting our data. And this is and, what this is what Netflix yeah. does. Netflix tells you that because you watched XYZ, you'll like ABC. But after a while, yeah. once it gets to know you, it, I mean, it can be fine-tuned and crafted to basically, I mean, it creates what you like and what you want. It's like a, what do we call it, a, a socius, self-organizing collective intelligence, or what, what they talked about at the, uh, the NQTEL conference with the CIA a couple of, like a decade ago, 2012. They have this conference a lot, but 2012, they were talking about b- building computers and systems that literally just feed you, which is what the algorithm does, what you want to see, what you want to hear, what you want to be entertained by. So you just live in a total and absolute trance and nothing yeah. you like or do is actually who you are. It's what the computer tells you to be. Exactly. And, and to have that influence, it's like, we talk about the, the Slender Man and that type of stuff all the time and just, just the idea that, or, or Scientific American ran an article like five days ago where some physicist is saying, or is theorizing, or came up with some break, breakthrough he's saying, proving that the universe is not real, basically, until until it's observed, pretty much. I like So which the, ties in the whole double slit experiment, the idea that the observer is what's creating our reality. Mm-hmm. So when people talk about Slender Man, and like, like they talk about it in a way like that we're, like our ideas are being birthed, being manifested into the real world. And with these, these creepy, scary realities are, tr- are like trying to be birthed through our minds and stuff. So that's scary on its own, but I, want, I just worry if there's something else guiding that process. If it's not that like our ideas are being born, it's like what's feeding us our ideas. So go back, go back to Krungus. That guy just woke up from a dream with the inspiration to type in the word Krungus. Like, where did so? Where did that dream come from? Where at, did that at idea three come from? Three in the morning. He woke up at three in the morning. So exactly. Like three in the morning. And, and, and Lovecraft got his stuff from ideas. I mean, from uh, dreams primarily. So, and then look at the world right now. Doctor Strange has is Doctor Strange two was out with the uh, Lovecraftian old ones. Literally in that movie, it's based all on Lovecraft. We have tentacles in everything tentacles all over the place like all of these all Met, these there's meta commercials the facebook meta commercials has have a, has a squid in it i was watching a, after little demon came out i was watching a a couple like random kid shows on disney plus just to see like their their version of like, like scary shows mm-hmm. just trying to see like what, what what type of stuff they're they're feeding us and like the first one start like is about these kids who think their parents are aliens and then like spoiler alert for this kid show you're not going to watch but comes to find out like they are aliens but also the kids are aliens too and that's unveiled by like these their arms changing into tentacles and they're just weird Lovecraftian like like oozy tentacle stuff and it's just I, I don't remember that in the nineties like it's not like it's not like we had that when we were kids per se like it wasn't so tentacle forward and uh, this Lovecraftian stuff seems to be like all of the streaming services on on like Netflix and HBO Max and stuff they're like thumbnail for their Halloween collection their spooky season collection it's a jack o' lantern bats a witches and now tentacles. Like Lovecraftian stuff, it's permeated into the zeitgeist. So it's it, Derek. Being, it's it's in cooking shows. I, I swear to God, uh, Hope yeah. was watching a cooking show the other day. Uh, I think it was on one of the streaming services, and someone was making literally a Lovecraft cake. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. We're getting we're getting that new D, uh, Game of Toro. Like this is this is obviously more on the nose, but like we're getting that new Game of Toro show on Netflix. Which I'm excited for, honestly, because he's he's uh, very esoteric in his stuff. It's like Netflix, uh, Netflix's big multi-night Halloween event. His um, Cabinet of Curiosities. 
and I was like, they, they just unveiled the the uh, episode descriptions and titles and stuff, and he has one completely devoted to Lovecraft. It's absolutely, it's just called Lovecraft, and it's just, it's absolutely, it's absolutely everywhere. So the idea being, what if it's not just our imaginations running wild? What if it's like something on the other side knows that humans are the reality manifestors, like the, the observer, the human consciousness is what's re- is what renders reality. So something, I'd call it a demon, call it a crafty, an old one, call it just some entity on the other side, is using us like puppets, like dolls, whatever, to, in influencing what we're thinking about, what we're, what we're thinking, like what we're seeing, so that it can manifest itself into our reality. It's counter, um, it's counter mimicry. It's like the stories of the archons and the Gnostic scriptures, the Gnostic writings, that they can't create anything, they can only distort they can only work yeah. through humans or other beings that are creative. And I think that we see a lot of that, or at least the theme of that, in Hollywood. We see a lot of that in uh, the entertainment industry in general. We see that in politics and media of all kinds. And I, and I, I think that we could apply a very technical name to this. In science, they refer to it as ectogenesis, which is u- using artificial wombs to birth uh, like a, you know, a lamb or a, a dog or a cat, whatever they want to grow in these wombs. But it's like the ectogenesis of of um, of creativity and thought that the human is the artificial womb, and there are things working through us to birth these ideas. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, that's great. That's exactly it. And and that's just I feel like it everywhere I look. Like you you said in the intro that uh, the world isn't as scary as they're as they're trying to make it, and that, I feel like that's very true. And my everyday life is um, other than just being busy at work and just the regular stuff everyone has to go through. It's relatively calm, you know. But then when I look at the world around me, when I turn the television on, when I check the internet and stuff, it seems like they're trying to manifest some nightmare world. And obviously we are in October. They're going to put the creepier stuff to the front just because it's it's the season. But it seems like beyond that, they're trying to get us to um, at least manifest in ourselves our darkest parts of ourselves. Trying to, like, that gets into the vampire stuff, the werewolf stuff, the cannibal stuff. So I don't know where you want to go with well, that's first, what, but that, that's it's all over the place. Yeah. That's what darkness feeds on. And when we yeah. co- when we come back, we should talk more about the dolls and the robots and how that relates to the creation of a of a literal physical mechanical computer digital subreality and plugging that AI system into these artificial I guess they would be almost avatars of the AI. They would basically be a series of robots that would replace humans. And they would take on the full scale, full intelligence of the AI, totally artificially conscious and aware. Now, let's get into that a little bit when we come back from break. Uh, the idea, though, we're all dolls. Ectogenesis, we're all wombs for ideas to manifest from outside yeah. this world. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Derek Murphy, our guest this evening. There's more after this. Stay with us. The Secret Teachings Radio Show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. I hope that you'll check out my new book, Liberty Shrugged. I wrote Liberty Shrugged to provide historical context and to dispel many of the myths that we learn about in American history. Inside the nearly 700-page book, you'll learn about meritocracy, the differences between civil liberties and civil rights, and how Western civilization didn't start slavery, but ended it as an institution that had existed for thousands of years. How many of the founding fathers did indeed own slaves, but what was peculiar about this was that these men would fight to end the institution for a variety of reasons. 
We look at the real causes of the American Revolution and the American Civil War. We prove without a doubt that slavery was in no way, shape, or form the cause of current socioeconomic issues which affect all people regardless of their color. In other words, this book dispels countless divisive social, cultural, and historical myths in an attempt to objectively find humble gratefulness in the American experience. Get your copy of Liberty Shrugged at thesecretteachings.info in softcover or digital. This is David Icke from davidike.com and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. From Ground Zero to The Secret Teachings, keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. Want to hear more of The Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player or find links and a free archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you want to get rid of those annoying ads and get extra perks like access to the montage archive, digital copies of Ryan's books, and early access to the show, then subscribe to the full show archive at thesecretteachings.info. Visit the website and click the button that says subscribe. You can do so monthly, yearly, or through a one-time donation. Your support always keeps the secret teachings on the air. If you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. think of Halloween, we think of the scary, spooky time of the year. We tend to think of all the monsters and all the demons, all the creatures, the werewolves, the vampires, the scary things that go bump in the night. Some things, however, go bump during the daytime. In fact, they go bump during uh, mainstream news. They go bump during, well, any time of the day, any time of... We turn on the TV, we see movies, TV shows. We're constantly being sold this idea that humans can be replaced quite easily with some kind of machine. Now, that doesn't mean that humans are going to be replaced by machines in the workplace and we're all going to lose our jobs because based on the Industrial Revolution, we have more jobs available today than ever before and we'll always adapt to those kinds of things. However, if we're talking about forming actual relationships and even employing Various forms of robots like, um, well, for example, the movie iRobot or the movie AI, where we're bringing actual robots like Elon Musk's Optimus into our home to do chores or to maybe even have sex with. 
bringing dolls or robots, that's what they are. I mean, a robot is just a machine. It's just mechanics, it's wires, it's sensors. And then when you infuse it, you put the microchip in it, you give it this artificial brain. When you infuse it with the program, then it comes to life to some extent. If you just have a doll sitting there, you know, a doll doesn't come to life unless, well, I guess unless it's possessed. It's something like Annabelle or Chucky or this new Megan movie. But the idea is that we have robots and machines that we can infuse with an artificial consciousness so that they become as aware as humans are. But they also have the computing power of something like a Mintat from the Dune series. And we've talked about this on The Secret Teachings before, Derek, the idea that the artificial intelligence is not just a concept or an idea that's isolated to one thing or another. It's a universal system that's being built all across the world. And when you have smart cities and the Internet of Things and the body of things merging together, it's basically, and we talked to Harold Kautz about this from Germany as well about five or six years ago, and he thinks the same thing, that what's happening is as they're building this sub-reality within reality, it's an artificial body with all these other working parts, you know, robots and computers and phones, but the, the central core of it is an artificial body for a consciousness that is not natural to inhabit. And then it will control all of the tentacles, if you will, literally or symbolically of the system. So your phone, it's like Skynet. But again, you know, these are these are things that we see in science fiction. It almost desensitizes us to the idea. And we think, well, that's a scary idea or that's spooky, but there's nothing to worry about. It's Hollywood. When in fact, it's quite the opposite. Hollywood is there to desensitize you to these ideas. Exactly. And 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 that's scary enough on its own to to have this. This simulacrum of reality all around us, this, this kind of Maya, this illusion reality, which certain mythologies think we could, could potentially already be in. Um, but I just think it cranks up this, like to, to create some type of Frankenstein's monster with super high technology that has access to all the information, all our thoughts and feelings is very scary. And to have this Frankenstein monster run the world is very scary. But just I just can't get beyond the idea that like, what if something is what if the true story of Frankenstein or what if like this, this Elseworlds one shot comic version of it, it's like, what if some, who inspired Dr. Frankenstein to create that monster? Did Frankenstein, did Dr. Frankenstein have a dream? Did some entity on the other side, hypothetically, like want him to build this monster so for them, him to later inhabit by, by something? And, and it's like, in Marvel, they have Ultron, who is like, that's one of the Avengers movies and he's like one of the, he's like the AI, the ultimate AI um, Skynet Terminator things they have in the Marvel Universe. And he's, like, formed from from pieces of, like, Hank Pym and Tony Stark and Bruce Banner, like, all the smartest minds of the, the Avengers, mixed with, like, this metaphysical cosmic stone. But then he, like, turns out, he turns out evil, like something else got into the process. And they don't really address it in the comics. They treat, they treat it more like they birthed the sentient. But it just, what's that other thing that gets into the process that corrupts the intelligence? Like... How come automatically, like the uh, super intelligence, seems to be so negative? Why does it automatically start talking when we let, when we let these things loose in like rudimentary versions of it? The first thing it does is try to talk about how terrible we are and how it wants to get rid of us. And it seems like I don't know that rather than birthing something something new, it's like something ancient is trying to birth itself. Well, could that be a, that could be a result of the programmers who are programming these things? I mean, they, the Silicon Valley people, the MIT people, the people that tend to have very anti-human, anti-carbon, pro-silicon, pro-graphene 
mindsets already. Yeah. So maybe that's part of the program or whatever it is that you're implying is working through these people. And it's not really the human that's coming up with this. It's, it's something from beyond this world, working through the humans and then working through the machines to bring itself into physical habit, uh, ha- uh, physical habitual uh, environment and, and uh, vessel. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just what I've been leaning to lately because it ties, it's, it's, Connects it to like the idea, like where do ideas come from? Where where are people getting their inspiration? How how do these why do these synchronicities keep popping up um, in the media all at the same time? Like it seems to like something something otherworldly, something non-human seems to be like whatever that hand is that's guiding seems to be guiding culture, seems to be guiding the way. Because I don't think we talked about it many times. Like, I don't think it's all conspiracy. I don't think the reason why all of these things pop up agreed is, is Hollywood is completely just trying to corrupt us. Like, I think part, that's part of it, obviously. But I think a lot of times it's just things come out through art. Like, things like, call it the muses, call it whatever. Things, things try to like, like work through art. And I don't know, I think it's kind of the same, a similar process happening um, with Krungus or with, with, with all these things. And just, uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, I don't know. What do they, what do they say about the pen? The pen is mightier than the sword. What does the pen use? The pen uses ink like the squid, right? It's the squid, the octopus, the tentacles. <laughs> yeah. And it's through the ink of the pen that we have our reality obscured because the information that is written in media, the information that we get through Hollywood, the information we get from, quote, politicians and government officials, the pen writes that stuff. And the reality that we get is based on the information. So then our perception changes based on the ink and then that changes our behavior. So really the ink of the octopus, of the squid, the tentacles that go out in all these different directions, like Hydra, like Spectre, I mean, that really is almost more than just a metaphor for the way that human perception can be controlled and human behavior can be controlled. Cthulhu really yeah. is in control of things when you look at it from that point of view. And that's a kind of a scary notion. It's very scary, yeah. And it gets weird to talk about, too, because I don't want to sound like I'm all satanic panicky and I don't want to sound like I'm from the 80s saying don't play Dungeons and Dragons because it's about like with these weird themes and stuff but it's just I'm, I'm just staring at like link after link headline after headline and just pop culture um, like movies and television and whatever all with the same topics all with the same things like what are they and it's, they're all weird, very dark they're all talking about cannibalism and the people like the biggest show in the world right now arguably is, is House of the Dragon and like for those who aren't familiar with Game of Thrones, there's like one incestual family in Game of Thrones, or there's one incest storyline. So there's like 30 characters. You're following, you're, you're hopping around in different parts of the world, like you're going to different different cities and like meeting different people. And for like this, this first huge, this, this absolutely massive show, of Game of Thrones, like there was this one or one couple that were brother and sister, and it was like, oh, people were writing it off, like, oh, it's just uh, that one little weird fantasy thing, like, oh, George R. R. Martin, he's such a creep, blah blah blah. But it was just kind of funny, whatever. But now this new show, House of the Dragon, that everyone's watching now because it's like piggybacking on the the finale of Game of Thrones, which is the biggest show ever, maybe. And every single character, every single relationship in this show is 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 incestual. They're brothers and sisters. They're nephews marrying nieces. They're look like twins marrying each other. There's father marrying daughters. It's, it's every single character because it's all falling around this Targaryen family, this House of the Dragon family. And so there's like all kinds of like, I'm listening to these like regular normal pop culture podcasts when there are people quote unquote like shipping like this, in, these incest relationships and stuff, just joking about it like it's no big whoop. 
And well, isn't that I mean, is no big, the, the, yeah. the, these these are I mean, this is what royal families have done for thousands, maybe even millions. We don't know thousands of years, at least on planet Earth. Yeah. It's all ancestral. It's all intermarriage and interrelationships. That's the exactly. idea. That's, that's the what, idea, right? Yeah. And that's what, that's, that's what this is talking about. This is like a fictionalized version of like the the inner workings of the elites, basically, of, of the royal family and stuff. It's, li- it's literally a, a ancestral dynasty, um, like a, the whole succession uh, plot. Like, this, the king dies, and, and it's just his family trying to fight out who's supposed, who's supposed to take the throne, who has the best blood rights, and all this kind of stuff. But it's this family who believes that they're descended from the dragon. They can, like, they're the reason why they're in charge is, like, because they think they're gods, because they're, they're the only ones. Find right to rule. They're the only ones who were able to like ride these dragons in this in this fictional world. Um, so they have a connection of magic, and that's like in the most recent episode um, that's depicted by like the main character uh, like descending into the abyss to like go pull out these dragon eggs from this black goo pit, basically like like a, the little metaphor of like going down to to the darkness to to gain your power, which allows you to rule over everyone. And it's like he married his, he killed his first two wives and married his niece. And it's just that's every he's the hero of the show. He's like the one that everyone roots for. And the, dra- like the, the dragon, the dragon eggs are birthed out of the black goo, out of the abyss. In the in the, in the fire of the abyss, yeah. And they're they're like they're also a parable for for nuclear um, nuclear war, like nuclear power in war is like what most of the big Game of Thrones like um, analysis, like what, that's the mainstream analysis on it. Like these crazy elites who have the, their finger on the button and stuff. But this one is just. It's all, I don't know. Like he marries his niece by like they, they cutting their cutting their wrists and like basically like tasting each other's blood and stuff. Very Megan Fox. I was gonna say it's Ma- so it's Ma- so it's about Megan yeah. Fox, yeah. <laughs> exactly, and it's 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 just. But in this again, I can't stress it enough. This isn't just some random show. This isn't like the '90s and this some show on the Sci-Fi Channel. This is like prestige television. This is on HBO Sunday night. This is arguably the biggest show in the world. And I'm listening to all these pop culture, just regular pop culture podcasts, like like. They know they know it's weird, like they joke about it, but at the end of the day, they're just like that's it's it's, it's every single character in the show is all from this one weird blonde family, um, who all like have, want to have sex with each other. It's the cra- it's the craziest thing, and that's and that's just the, and so just Google News incest and watch how much stuff pops well, up this, for it. Just like I mean, the, it's crazy. This is something I've been talking about outside of Halloween and monsters and scary things. I mean, I, I mentioned to you in 2020 there was that German film about a man who has a robot daughter who he has a sexual relationship with. So that's a mixture of kind of incest and the robotic stuff we've been talking about. Then there's, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say there's that movie. I think, I think it's Joaquin Phoenix uh, in the movie called her where he falls in love with an operating system. I believe the name of that system is like Samantha or something uh, that he falls in love with. And I mean, we've seen plenty of movies like this, uh, but when it comes to having a robot daughter and having sex with a robot daughter, uh, I mean, that borderlines into what you're saying. But then I think we can go way beyond this. I don't know how much you know about this. I've been fascinated with this. I've been trying to actually get a hold of adult film stars because I want to know. I've read liberal and conservative mainstream news where even reporters from liberal media are asking, huh? I don't watch a lot of porn, but why is every single porn video now incest? There's like porn stars that are asking the same question. Like I don't get cast for anything except I'm banging my son or my, I'm banging my dad. Who is financing and funding all of this? So it's the same thing 
and something people yeah. don't want to admit they watch. It's the same thing in porn as it is in the biggest show in the world. Why is yeah. that? That's not coincidental. It's, it's, it's definitely, it's crazy. Uh, and that's, that's true. That's a weird, that's a weird um, observation. And that's absolutely true. It's like all, all stepbrothers and stepsisters are, are weird. Like my brother and sister, I walked in, I walked in on my brother, blah, blah, blah. Like it, it, it really is crazy. Um, and to the robot, to like the marrying the robot thing, like that's actually happening in January. That guy from Australia um, wants to marry his his robot sex bot thing. Um, Japan, like this past weekend, rolled out these new super these super sex dolls, like these things, like hyper realistic sex dolls. This past weekend, and then um, I think in April somebody mar- or in uh, August somebody married a hologram or was trying. It fell in love. This guy fell in love with this, this fictional hologram character he created. Um, this like little girl with like blue hair. Uh, that he wants to marry to. That's the thing in Japan. Yeah. They, they have the holographic AI driven girlfriends or you can get the girlfriend app where it talks to you and you can change the clothing that she wears in this little application. I mean, it might seem all harm harmless and it might seem kind of silly. And, but I mean, obviously some people are really, really into that. When you think of, I mean, I think of Japan, I've read quite a bit about Japan's social and cultural problems that they have with reproduction uh, their population is decreasing drastically. They have a very low birth rate, as does the United States and a lot of European countries. But they have a very low birth rate. So you just think of the think of the idea of having sex with a robot. I mean, what is sex? It's the coming together of these two opposing elements and forces naturally, these two energies. And when you have an orgasm, why do they call it? Uh, it's or what do they typically call it in esoteric terms? They call it the spark of life because you're you have this massive energy, just like the lightning with, you know, Frankenstein's monster, the lightning, the big strike, just like the bottles and alchemy, you have to have this huge explosion or this electricity coursing through it to bring life into the world. So it's the spark of life. And then, you know, you get pregnant and you have a, have a baby. But when you're doing that, when you're putting your energy, or as they'd say in, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, when you're dumping your loads <laughs> into this robot, <laughs> what's, what's going to happen? You're literally feeding your energy the purest energy, if you will, into an artificial human. So you're literally yeah. energizing it like an actual battery from the matrix. I know it's dark. It's so creepy to think about. Like I when um, you remember a few months ago, or like probably like this point, like like half a year ago, um, Sophia came out saying she wants to have a kid. Yes, remember I remember that. Yes. Uh, so I, I was joking at the time, like I'm waiting for the next story, or at least like the movie version of. Uh, this, the new immaculate conception where somebody, somebody has sex with a, with a, with a sex bot and she claims to actually have get pregnant and give birth. That's, that's going to be the new 2022 immaculate conception. Like it's in it, like it, and you're right. And take that and just extrapolate that not even literally to a sex bot or to a, a robot or whatever, but take it to just the entire internet. And it's just, that's all you're looking at. It's just, that's all Instagram is. It's just, it's just like just one photo after another. If it's not some trauma porn, it's like literal, half porn it's just you're, all you're watching is just the sexualification of every every everybody just be as sexual as you can possibly get without showing your nipple so you don't get banned from from whatever the app you're using and that's that's what influences are that's what they base that's their whole commodity and it's just mix that with all the negative stuff that they're feeding us on your newsfeed and think about how when you're just scrolling on your newsfeed for 30 minutes how many of those stories you're seeing and how much uh, like that's just like and just to take that for billions of people and extrapolate all the energy we're just pouring into the internet and just, I don't know, I don't know. If something is living on the internet, something is living in cyberspace or exists outside of our 
perception, but where our world meets their world happens to be like electricity or, or uh, something that's, that's the means of communication between us, like a Stranger Things with the with Will communicating via the light bulbs and all, all that kind of stuff in, in the beginning of the, of the series. Like it's 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 screws me out. And there's all there's all those memes. Um, I've seen the ones that compare uh, like poetic sigils and poetic magic to like computer motherboards and stuff, and how they look nearly yes. identical. Yes, they look very <laughs> similar. And it's just what are we doing? Like we're 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 potentially housing entities and just charging it with people jacking off all the time to like, it's, I don't know. I don't know. This is a weird topic. I didn't think we could get onto this, but, uh, yeah. What do you think? No, but it's, know. it's an important topic, especially because yeah. I mean, now more than ever, everything has been completely sexualized. I mean, even around Halloween, yeah. I, I just went to a Halloween store just because it was by a bookstore and I walked into the store and like every single costume is sexual. It didn't matter if it was, I mean, oh, yeah. it's, there, there, there's always been sexy costumes, but everything, like, I don't think I found an adult costume that wasn't intending to be sexual. Uh, but, know. you know, that's because sex sells, obviously, but sex and is, just, and, go ahead, and, go ahead. And, like, that's, and that's fun. And, like, I, I went to uh, college for four years, like, shout out, shout out UMass Amherst and everything, like, and it's fun. Like, Halloween is fun, and it's a great time, and, and powder to yes, everybody yes. who wants to show whatever they want. But it's like, take that night, take that, like, it's kind of like this unwritten thing where, where like, even the girls say, like, like, yeah, it's just the night where we can just do whatever we want. We can dress whatever we want. It's okay. It's no big deal. And it's just that same feeling of just, like, kind of, like, it's not, like, I don't want to equate sexuality with murder, but just the uh, no rules idea of just a purge night where no consequences. We can do whatever we want. That mischief feeling, night. mischief night, is just the internet now or is just reality now. That same, like, that same me- me- mentality is just what, influences have all the time it's just like that's just, that's just how their how their industry is just built it's just like getting more and more provocative and, and again that's fine but it's just paired with all of the darker stuff and all the more esoteric stuff and just i don't know i wonder what's what well, i mean if you the underlying if, things happen. if yeah. you read into some of the darker i don't want to give out any of the names of the actual books but some of the darker goetia sexes i mean especially alistair crowley uh, sex oh, yeah. is a very important part of it. That's I mean, he developed a whole ritualistic course basically on sex magic because of the energy of sex. It's so potent, it's so powerful, and you can use it to create new life, or you can use it to create a synthetic artificial life, or you can use it in doing that to destroy life. And that's what a lot exactly. of people, I think, a lot of people, maybe if they don't, they don't recognize it, but this is what you're doing. I know this might be a controversial statement, Derek, but if you're, let's say, here in Arizona, and I keep bringing this lady up, there's a woman running for governor, they keep asking her, what's your stance on abortion? She says, no stance, just you can have an abortion after the pregnancy's complete. So after the baby's born, you can kill it. I mean, we can have a debate about what's considered okay and what's not considered okay, but it's always been considered not okay to kill a child after they're born. This is like the legalizing of both the idea and the legal aspect of literal child sacrifice it's like it's being brought back from the ancient days where children will be buried underneath of structures to make sure that the structure would stand and be protected from evil we're bringing that back into the political discussion today i know it's just it's just, it's, it's true it's weird and it's getting like that's being used almost like as a political tactic too because you see like i do all these schools are like just trying to find these searches for what's happening in the zeitgeist and stuff and you use all these different keywords you toss in the word satanic and you can't find any like actual stories because it's like it's like liberal news sites running smear campaigns about conservative people 
saying that like what are you doing right now is dark and be like oh like a crazy cute person says this is satanic blah 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 another conspiracy theorist throwing throwing out satanic panic stuff and it's just like okay yeah you can say that people might be embellishing it like but it's some weird dark stuff and just and, and I don't like again I'm not a magician but this isn't this how isn't I don't know isn't this how magic works isn't this how just like a blend of images all together combined with sexual energy and like, like you got like, it just on a simpler level isn't this how like weird fetishes and stuff isn't this like how like the joke about like Jeffrey Dahmer is that he like there's I forget the comedian who said it uh, in like a stand up or whatever but it's just like yeah he watched he like saw some weird like animal being mutilated and then like had his like 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 butt tickled or whatever and just like sexual and like mixed the two up like the two wires got crossed in his brain and he like sexualized death and cannibalism and stuff I'm, I'm messing that metaphor up but just take that on the internet and just think about how much like like we're not supposed to be able to know every single bad thing that's happening all over the world. Like it's, it's traumatic for our brain to handle. And that's what's happening when we're on the internet scrolling, like doing, doing our doom scrolling. And because everything's so sexualized, mishmashed in between just the most horrific things you can imagine is all of like your dream girls half naked. Like, I don't know. And just that if you're like a 12 year old, 13 year old kid, you might see some, like some terrible car crash picture. And then, and then like Angelina Jolie, like, new scene from 2001 about, you know what I mean? Just all these wires getting crossed in your head. And, and like, I don't know. I don't no, know. You're, you, just, no, you're right. Yeah. You're, you're onto something here. So again, it's, it's just like with any other subject, there is a balanced and reasonable way to approach it. We're never all going to agree on anything like a hundred percent. That's never going to happen unless our brains are totally controlled by something that's not human uh, in my view. Yeah. But the, exactly. the, the idea of, let's say, Let's say you're thinking about uh, sexualization of things, and we'll go back to pornography. Personally, I don't necessarily have an uh, have an issue with porn, but my 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 idea of pornography or you know filming sex is a lot different than what you see online and how everything has become. Like my Twitter feed is filled with pornography. I'm not looking at pornography on Twitter. It's just filled with porn, though. The, the, the algorithm allows that. So I, I guess the idea here is what I'm trying to get at is when we're we're looking at something like that. Yes, it can desensitize us. Yes, it can cross wires, especially, especially when everything becomes incest, especially when we have, even in mainstream media, you don't have to watch pornography, but you watch CNN, Fox News, and it's a constant focus on transgenderism and looking at men dressed like women, women dressed like men, like that crosses when I see a woman or someone that looks like a woman with a beard that crosses the wires in my brain as a 31 year old guy. And (laughs) what does that do to a child? Yeah, exactly. It's it's like they're trying to like what, what is taboo is becoming much more, much murkier and stuff. And it's, it sounds extreme. And again, I don't want to sound like I'm like, I'm just some, just like some Christian person, like clutching my pearls at, at, society that's not, what, that's not what i'm trying to say but it's just as a synchro mystic specifically my job is to look at culture and how how things move so just take it back to like the heaven's gate stuff and we talk about the heaven's gate at the time and how i don't know what it was growing up in the 90s i just i just heard it as everything they believe in is the definition of a cult something you don't want to believe in it's something it's everything they're doing is bad and then going back and looking at washington documentaries this past year realizing that like underneath the wearing Nikes and drinking whatever and the killing themselves, whatever, whatever they did, their whole philosophy was 
you are not your body. You're this like your like your body's just a vessel. You're this like so like this soul for shedding your body and just like, a lot of new age stuff. That like new age and like the ascension, all that ascension, new age stuff ideas. And it's and it's to watch that in just, from just the '90s to today go from cult behavior, extreme. You don't want to think about this to like the average person on Facebook who thinks they're like spiritual that we're talking about these, these new age concepts they don't really even understand. Um, just take that and then look at what they're feeding us right now and imagine what's going to happen in another 20 years. So when I'm seeing incest everywhere, all of like people's favorite characters on the biggest HBO show we have are we have about 30 seconds. And, sexual people. And, 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 then, and it's like, and then the cannibal thing, which we can get to after the break, but like the sexual, like they're sexualizing cannibal and the amount of cannibals and the amount of cannibal stuff is just, insane we can, we can talk about that in a minute if you want absolutely cannibalism werewolves other monsters ai yep. coming up on the secret teachings with Derek murphy synchro mysticism here on the secret teachings tonight there's a lot more after this the music from white bat audio the email rdgable at yahoo.com please leave us a review on the podcast radio player check out our website at the secret teachings.info there's more after this don't go anywhere You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, grab a physical and digital copy of his books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Visit thesecretteachings.info. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. If you'd like to hear more of The Secret Teachings, if you missed a show or part of a show, sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or a year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books and the ever-growing montage archive. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support the secret teachings, Ryan, and yourself.
Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and call out to the follow back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Passio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. We are having a mischief night here on The Secret Teachings with Derek Murphy, our good friend and guest tonight, Synchromysticism, talking about zombies, vampires, monsters, demons, cannibals, werewolves, things that are astral corpses and shells and vessels that can be inhabited or could work to inhabit you, possess you, like we possess an item, things can possess us by controlling our bodies, by controlling our thoughts. And that's done through the control of information. Most information, literally or figuratively, is written by the pen, which is mightier than the sword. And the pen uses ink. Of course, ink and the various tentacles of the sources of information that we uh, we receive, we obtain. Tentacles, the octopus, the squid, the imagery that we see in virtually everything today. The Lovecraftian imagery. And we were discussing in the first hour tonight, if you're just joining us, about the idea that not only could humans be inhabited or possessed, but that this is more of an older idea, the new idea, as we have the same similar idea passing down through the ages and through different cultures and and different generations. Now that we're building artificially intelligent systems, and now that we're building human-like, lifelike, in some cases, very lifelike robots, they're programmed and they're programmed sometimes with very anti-human ideology because of the people that create them who are pro-silicone and anti-carbon or pro-graphene and anti-carbon. But is that really the human or something working through the human to create this thing? Either way, it becomes a vessel. And that vessel, when connected to the Internet of Things, And when connected to the body of things, our body connected to the Internet of Things, connected to these machines, it becomes an artificial body or an artificial, a synthetic humanoid structure that an artificial intelligence and consciousness can then inhabit. And everything that we put into the Internet, all of our constant energy looking into the black mirrors of the phones, the tablets, the computers, the TVs, all the, quote, smart devices... That energy is feeding these systems literally and figuratively through actual energetic currency exchange, both money and our attention and will, which is a basic cornerstone of magical ceremonial ritual action, and also the energy that we put into it in terms of our information that it learns from, that it grows from, that it can learn to predict behavior And then when you combine that with the idea of utilizing, say, social media for the same reason, 
I think Elon Musk is buying Twitter personally because he wants the data and he wants the information that can literally train the AI to be more human-like. And as the machine becomes more human, the human becomes more machine and becomes more obsolete. As the human world, with all the electromagnetic frequencies, the bombardment of the Earth from satellites, the Musk program, the Starlink to Neuralink from the sky to below, as above, so below, as the Earth is bathed in electromagnetic frequency and radiation, the Earth becomes a habitable environment not anymore for humans, but for something that thrives off of this radiation, something like a Godzilla-type uh, monster, something that can literally feed off of it, or something that isn't affected in the same way by radiation or various forms of radiation, something that clearly is benefiting from it, even if that is the benefit of, of humans uh, not being able to withstand those increasing levels. And if, if you like that idea, even though it's a scary idea, uh, this is this is not my idea. I didn't come up with this. This is what Samsung is building. Samsung says this in their white paper about 6G or 6th generation technology. This is what they're doing. So tonight on the show, Derek Murphy is joining us. Dolls, robots. We are basically, kind. we're like dolls ourselves. We're like wombs. We are the ectogenesis of ideas to manifest from outside this world. And if they're not manifesting from infinite awareness and consciousness, Derek, they could be coming from something that is not so infinite, something that is not so organically conscious, but something that is very finite and very artificially conscious. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And uh, it's, fun, it's funny being on the show because I get the same sensation as when I'm listening to just the podcast. And I was like, oh, yeah, like Ryan, Ryan's spitting fire. And I got so much to, I got so much to say. It's just uh, I have so many thoughts on just, just that uh, 30 seconds that you just, you just spit out. Um, we'll lay it out for us. <laughs> so... <laughs> Just for the DC synchronicity and stuff, because we, we had the episode about DC Comics and everything, and again, like DC Current and all that kind of stuff. Um, they, they're, I don't know if they're still doing it, but their original plan for, um, like every every few years, every like five years, whatever, they'll do a new reboot where they kind of start from from they start all the issues out back at number one to get like new readers and stuff. And they were planning on calling this one 5G. And for those that don't know, like DC is owned by Warner Brothers, and like they're like other companies, AT&T and stuff. So it's like they were rolling out their 5G as they were going to name this company. Uh, there's, there's this DC Comics rollout 5G. And just synchronistically to tie it into the to the entity stuff. Like, remember we talked about Black Adam and everything um, on that episode? Oh, that yes. Stuff. So that, oh, yes. That movie's coming out this week. That'll be out uh, on Thursday night, Friday. And we talked about all, all the idea of like... Um, like Shazam and Black Adam both acquire their power from a pantheon of gods, like six gods or whatever. And they're a villain now. So that was going to be enough. There's, an, there's so much stuff to talk about um, when that movie comes out, just, just on, on its face, just expanding on the things we've already, we already talked about. And then they released who the true villain of the movie is, which we didn't know. But, um, and it's this villain, Sabak, um, who, like, like Black Adam or like Shazam, gets his power from, from six gods. But... They're six demons. They're six kings of hell. Like, I'm, I don't have it in front of me. I'm not sure who the... It's like this deep-cut character. I don't really know it. But it's an acronym. Sabak's an acronym for, like, Satan, as Mo, like Asmodeus, possibly, like Beelzebub, and all that kind of stuff. And he, he just looks like a big giant devil and stuff. So it's just... Uh, this, and I don't know if, if, he's a, if he's a kid, if he's an adult or whatever, but just a person housing uh, dark entities in it. It's, 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 it's scary. And it just makes... When you, get, when you mix technology into the mix... It gets really murky, so we're going to have all these all these vessels. We're, we're creating a world. We're just 
vessels all around it, whether it's an actual robot. There was a story from uh, a few weeks ago from the Daily Star, which was the tabloid site, take it with a grain of salt, but this guy who's claiming that his microwave was possessed by a demon, that he did some type of uh, occult ritual with his microwave to see what would happen. I didn't and, hear uh, that. <laughs> it, was, it, was, uh, it was connected to a demon somehow. And it's just, when you get everything connected to the internet, smart, everything, and just we're creating this playground for other things to, to hop in and interact with us directly. Like, um, there's an old Disney Channel movie from when we were kids that talks about, um, with uh, the guy from, with the lady from uh, Married with Children, Sons of Anarchy, as like their Alexa Theory uh, prototype, uh, Smart House. Remember that movie back in the day? Oh, yes, but, I remember that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, that was them, again, them feeding us, feeding us that type of stuff back, back, in, back in the day, but it was just the house takes, they have this Theory house that runs everything, and it, uh, it turns dark and tries to take over and it's just connect, everything is connected to this one, this one hub. And to have that, that's just scary enough to me. But then if, if there's something else that can possibly get in because everything is connected to the internet, it's scary. And then on two layers, we're going to, we're going to start to connect ourselves to it. Like it's going to become easier to operate in a world that has everything hooked up to the tech. If we, if we itself are hooked up to the tech, that's, that's, that's Musk's like whole, idea behind Neuralink is to like, if you can't beat them, join them. Like if you can't beat the say AI, we have to directly hook up to it. Yeah. Just on a, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so let's think about this black Adam and I think black Adam and I think of the similarity in the word between atom, uh, Adam and atom, 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 going back to the original Adam, right? So the dark Adam uh, the atom, the actual creation, the proton, the neutron, the electron, the 666, the basis and the creation of uh, you know carbon and life. So we have the creation of a new atom, the black atom, which is if you spell atom uh, or atom backwards, you get meta or meta. So you get the metaverse. Yeah. So in the metaverse, we are creating the black atom. We are creating atom backwards. So we are creating an yeah. inverted reality, which isn't just... The idea of uploading your information and creating a digital avatar, it's literally hijacking the five senses with mechanical technology and plugging into a matrix-like simulation. So we get that, we get, we get that angle of it. Uh, and I think that part of the way that this is being birthed, going back to what we discussed in the last segment, is if you look at the idea of having sex with a robot and you're literally having sex with it, you're putting your energy into it, What's happening is you're feeding it like a battery, like Morpheus holds up the battery. You're literally pumping energy into it that otherwise would be used to create organic life. You're creating a synthetic life form inside of this vessel. It's an alchemical process. That's why, you know, when you talk about uh, the vessel in alchemy, right, it's a container and they put it in horse manure or something like that and it putrefies. It's a gross metaphor, gross in a lot of different ways, but the idea is it's it's the human body. The human body is decaying. The human body is turning into manure for the earth, if you will. So inside of you is birthed, if you have a rebirth, like in Christianity, you're born again. Inside of you is the little man, the homunculus that is birthed. But if we're not birthing it inside of us and we're exporting it and projecting it into something else, then the little person, the homunculus, is this lamb-like, Aleister Crowley-like, uh, changeling-like thing that is created in an artificial structure. So we're, we're literally performing acts of alchemy to bring things that have never existed into existence or to resurrect things that have existed, whether they're the old ones, monsters, demons, whatever you want to call them. And we're, do, <laughs> we're doing that 
And while we're doing that, humans don't recognize like when you're when you're on one of those workout bikes or you're on one of those workout pads and you're playing a game and you kind of forget you're working out. That's what we're doing. We're literally building this system, an artificial habitat for something to inhabit. We're literally performing acts of alchemy to bring these little things into existence. But while we're doing that, we're also playing Candy Crush, or at least people used to play that. We're, we're, we're online, we're watching videos, scrolling through Instagram. We forget that we're actually participating in a massive global dark ritual that is meant to bring something non-human into physical existence and eradicate the human race in the process. Exactly, exactly. And, and like, on to the, to the Adam point, I'm not an Egyptian expert, but that's the that's the like where that's one of the gods that where Black Adam gets his um, gets his powers from is like a tomb like A T U M, and isn't he birthed from like these like a, from this primordial waters of this primordial womb from these like kind of like watcher type gods these go- these like Titan type type gods more, more like he's kind of the first the first kind of uh, he's the, fir- god the first thing. creator god yeah yeah and and. So that's sort of, again. This is this womb idea. He's birthed. He's birthed from this from this womb of, of these like outer god things, type type of thing. And then like also uh, just it's the idea of birthing things on the outside. It's it's like tied to Mithras. It's tied to all, all kinds of mythologies where either it's like a, like a older god being destroyed by like its son or its younger self or itself, and then from from that elder god, whether it's a voluntary like ejaculation onto a stone or like spitting or the, its blood being harvested and poured onto the stone or its clay or whatever, that's being the birth of it's, it's like its new version. Like Mithras, like spits, like like ejaculates onto a stone, and then the new Mithras is, is birthed. And all these all these uh, elites are very versed in um, Mithras worship and stuff. It's, it's very tied to like the. The secret, the, the secret, like dark religions and everything. So Weinstein and, was doing it wrong. He was using a fern. It should have been a rock. Exactly, exactly. But just that's that's kind of like another angle for what the Great Reset is. That's it's it's like crushing this world we're living in right now, this paradigm, and then birthing this new techno, this techno world. And that's kind of what Epstein was all, all his whole modus operandi was to birth this like techno world and with his seed everywhere. But that's like mythism too. It, well, what is it's. it's yeah. No, no, this is this is this is really interesting because what is the Great Reset? I mean, most of this is coming out of what's well, coming out of the Vatican. It's coming out of London. It's coming out of Washington, D.C., the three major power centers, the three great horns, the book of Daniel. But it's also if you look at the the origin of the word reset, uh, it's the Italian for king. So re or I don't know how you pronounce it in Italian, but re, 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 something like that. It's re. So it's reset. So it means King Set, which is the demon or the devil, like Typhon in Egypt. King yeah. Set, the great King Set coming into the world. It's literally the kingdom of the Antichrist in Italian. Yeah, exactly. So the question is, like, is that kind of already happening? Are we in the midst of that? Is that, and then if you, if you take it to, like, um, the kind of the Revelations version of it, or just, or the, even just bring it back to, like, the Great Flood, the idea of there was abominations and hybrids and, these weird like technologies that shouldn't exist and these like man has been corrupted and then was, was wiped clean. And is that, so did the, the great reset already happen or are they, is that, are they trying to move us towards this thing? Are they trying to create the abominations and the cannibals and the hybrids and the monsters and this like in order to bring up, bring about this new slate cleaning? Like do they, I mean, I don't know if I necessarily subscribe to this idea, but that's one 
like train of thought that certain conspiracies like who believe that all the elites are uh, antichrist worshiping Satanists and stuff mm-hmm. is that they're trying to create the create the environment to bring about the apocalypse trying to like put all the pieces in place that like match prophecy and like match the conditions of, of what was happening in the days of Noah to bring about the great reset that's, the, the that's, great flood. The, isn't that yeah. the the theme of like uh, season nine of American Horror Story all the Silicon Valley people are trying to bring about uh, the environment for the antichrist to spawn I haven't seen that season. I want to watch oh, it I gotta, now, but no, I haven't seen that one. I th- oh, well. I'm pretty sure that's the season. I'm going to look it up because that is uh, something that you got to watch. Uh, American yeah. Horror Story. What is it? Season. I think it's. I don't know. I can't. I can't find it off the top of my search here. Uh, season. No, season eight. I think season. It's Apocalypse. That's the name of the season. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. You, you should watch that and then come back and do a show on it with with me because that <laughs> yeah, is I will, I will. that is a wild no, season. <laughs> yeah, I will. My first season was uh was the like the vampire alien ones um, that like half the half and half season they did last year. And oh, then the, the recent one. The recent one, and then I went back and I watched the first one or two seasons of it. It's a dark show. It's another one where like I feel like I can't. It's like Little Demon where I feel like I, I can't look down. I can't like I have to be watching because uh-huh. they want me to like be like taking like they want me to be like on my computer or like half watching. Like the intro of that, I, I have to skip the intro every single time. Me too. All me these too. subliminal messages of like bugs crawling out of people's faces and just slicing off like cow's heads. And stuff. I don't know. It's a, it's a weird, it's I don't st- like it. It, it's it st- me a little. Yeah. No, it does me too. It's very disturbing that new season. Yeah. With the, uh, the aliens, and the vampires and the drinking of the blood and the sacrifice of the babies. And you know, that's how you get talent and that's how you get famous and wealthy in Hollywood and all that. Uh, but then you have exactly. the, I mean, the apocalypse season is a hundred percent what you're describing. It's, and I, I mean, we, we've talked about that for years on The Secret Teachings. And then I, I watched that season and I thought they just took the idea. It's like Hollywood is now just exactly. taking these ideas and making them into shows and everybody loves them. But, you know, if, exactly. if, if they weren't in an episode of American Horror Story, these types of ideas and they were late night radio, then there's only a special crowd, a special niche crowd that listens to that. Everybody else thinks it's crazy. But if it's put in entertainment, then everybody loves it. And it's a fun show exactly. to watch during Halloween or something. I mean, that's how I you... Do, uh, it's, ahead, um, it's, it's, I'm outside and it's starting to rain, so I got to mute for like ten seconds. Just move inside if you want to uh, just talk for a minute. No, no, no. That's so that, that's okay. Sorry. It's okay. It's 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 very real here on the Secret Teachings. Derek Murphy is with us. I'm Ryan Gable. We got a couple minutes, about a little under ten minutes before we go to the next break. Mischief night on the show tonight. We've looked into probably a couple dozen different subjects that all sort of come together. One of the things that we did want to discuss tonight we did talk about a lot of this we didn't discuss was cannibalism and we've discussed cannibalism on the secret teachings before the idea of cannibalism in a lot of cultures actually makes a lot of sense people believed that to cannibalize their relatives would actually provide them with a warm loving resting place after death i don't necessarily think i would eat a human but that's an idea that at least is understandable. It's not just heathens that are ripping apart bodies because they're stupid and ignorant and they're animals. There's an idea behind it that's that, that makes sense. But, you know, obviously you get the, um, the Kuru disease if you're eating the brain. So a lot of tribes only eat certain parts of the body that, that, that actually they, they don't get that disease from. So some of them are smart enough to know that. 
So when you think of cannibalism, that's usually what people think of. But cannibalism can also be used. The word can be used in other ways, like when people are fighting with each other and, you know, when they're on the same team, if you will, that's you kind of cannibalizing each other. That seems to be what's happening everywhere we look around us. I mean, it doesn't matter if you support this political candidate or that candidate or you're pro this or anti this or pro choice or anti whatever the case is. It's all wordplay. It's all psychology. But when we start attacking people that we're friends with and we're family that are family members, we start attacking people that we're, we've, we've been close with for decades over a vaccine or over a mask or over some guy with orange hair. You know, this this is cannibalizing ourselves. This is a cannibalistic culture in that way. And I know that you wanted to talk about cannibalism uh, in regard to tonight's show. What, what exactly were you, were you going? Uh, what direction were you going in? Oh, yeah. So just coming up whenever we got to go to break. But um, it, it, it ties into to a few different, few different angles. So like we were saying about somebody trying to, to create the create the conditions for the apocalypse, trying to create these abominations and hybrids and stuff. They're also trying to create like cannibals and incest and all that kind of stuff. So um, there's trying to lessen that taboo, obviously, to eat people to like to the idea of consuming human flesh sounds crazy and ridiculous. And it, it is ridiculous. But the things that we're being hit over the head with it in the zeitgeist, and they were being like, there's the kind of the breadcrumbs, or the, the there's they're, sex, they're making it sexy, like they are with everything else, literally. Like zombies, zombies and vampires have been made sexy. Twilight and that Drew Barrymore show and others. Exactly. But just before we go, to, I, mean, and I, I got a bunch of articles and headlines. We replied to David to the break, but just before before that, like what you were just saying about how they're trying to make us cannibalize each other. It's there's a metaphor I like to use, like. With, uh, grasshoppers and locusts and stuff and the idea that grasshoppers like when they get in a situation where they're overcrowded or like the the reason of the resources um they'll literally turn like their bodies will mutate they'll transform into into locusts they'll get like bigger antennas and claws and and the, the bodies will, will literally change um there's a term for it i don't have it in front of me but they'll literally mutate they'll, they'll cannibalize each other they'll eat each other until there's an equilibrium in the environment again and then they'll transform back into grasshoppers so they're going to like, I'm not saying that our resources aren't what they are. Cause that's, that's not true. But like take that, take that less to a physical environment and just to our emotional environment. And they're getting us, they're feeding it, just feeding us over ahead with trauma does like getting us so freaked out. So like, it's like a giant MK ultra experiment on us. Oh yeah. Like, does that create the conditions to like turn us from our grasshopper form into our locust form where we start eating each other? Is that kind of like, that's kind of the werewolf thing. Did that get us to like transform into our bestial nature and start to eat each other and all, and all that kind of stuff? Like, that's kind of where my mind's going. Mixed with then, there's just a extreme amount of actual cannibal stuff. And it's like, guys, how much time do we have before break? I don't want to. We've got about four uh, minutes before break. I think you've oh, got enough beautiful, time. Beautiful. Oh, beautiful. Okay, yeah. So, um, have you seen the trailer or seen all the news for this uh, new Timothy Chalamet movie? Um, Here's a headline from the New York Post. Uh, Timothy Chalamet is a sexy cannibal in Bones and All skin, tra- skin crawling trailer. Have you seen this thing? I've not seen the trailer, but I've heard of that. Yeah, it's really weird. So Timothy Chalamet is the guy from Dune. He's going to be playing uh, Willy Wonka. He's like the the Leo DiCaprio of like this this younger generation of, of actors. Uh, and watching him in Dune, he was cool. So I'm kind of upset he's uh, taking this angle on it. But he's going to be in um, like this, a new sexy cannibal, and it's just weird thing. It's like it's like a horror movie but it's like a horror romance thing. And weirdly, the, the LGBTQ people are really embracing it. It's a lot of, a lot of headlines from, from th- those kind of sites. Um, they're calling it a very queer movie and that type of stuff. But the director is taking it super seriously. So 
So there's a, another article from um, EW where uh, Chloe Sevigny, um, who's uh, like another actor in it, the headline is Luca um, Guadagino, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, Guadagino, um, quote, gave me the stink eye for gasping at bones in all cannibal scenes. So literally this director put all this like crazy grotesque cannibal stuff in this movie, again, sexualizing it. It's like a, a romance between these cannibal kids, Timothy Chalamet being one, and like was upset where when people were kind of reacting poorly to it. And then synchronistically, this guy directed Army Hammer and um really yeah because he's he he has this all these sexual fantasies all the girls came out the dominatrix it's like yeah he just he's got a flesh fetish he likes eating people that's exactly. normal that's normal um, i'm not sure it's like army hammer's biggest movie but besides the facebook movie um i can't think of it the top of my head right now but it's it's kind of his breakout movie and that's that's and there was also this director's like biggest movie i haven't seen it i'm just kind of uh but he he quote doesn't have time for your army hammer allegation silliness He's like, it's just a coincidence. Like, none, none of this is inspired by the fact that, um, that maybe the actor I may be associated most closely with happens to be in this cannibalism scandal right now. And Discovery literally just released, or is about to release, the Army Hammer docuseries about his this whole uh, cannibal thing, where like more text messages and more creepy stuff, or he's saying he, he likes to eat people more directly than what we even knew about, is, is out right now. And it's just... It's really, I don't know. It's weird. What it's was weird. what was that other? There's another TV show on right now. Uh, Yellow Jackets. Have you seen that one? I haven't seen that. Is that Cannibal too? Yeah, yeah. Yellow Jackets. I'll just read you the show description. Wildly talented high school girls as soccer players descend into savage clans after their plane crashes in the remote northern wilderness. Twenty five years later, they discover what began in the wild is far from over. So they were can- they became cannibals because they didn't have food, and then I guess it carries over to when they're adults and they're still cannibals as adults. It's a, re- it's a recent show. It just came out. It's just airing now. Yeah, I've heard, I've, I've heard the name of it. I didn't know what it was about. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, and it's just, and they're taking it like this, this, this guy. Uh, it was um, Call Me By Your Name is, uh, is, a, is a movie where uh, he directed Army Hammer. And it's like both of their biggest, their biggest thing. But so he's taking this super seriously. I have a quote here being uh, from him. We took it very matter-of-factly. Several pathologists provided us with answers on how to perform a, a bite on the body of someone who just died, for example. We learned practical stuff. It takes a lot of effort to bite through the skin. Someone was wondering if we would need um, more defined jaw muscles, but Americans are like that anyway. It's from chewing gum. And he's like, we really dug in, we really dug into the, like, how, how a person would chew on somebody. Like, and it's just like, he's taken unbelievably seriously. He's like, there's no tongue-in-cheekness about it. And it's just, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I, like, I'm just going to start to rattle through some of these links. But also in the news, within, within the past week and a half, week, two weeks, um, cannibal pleads guilty to eating Kevin Bacon. It is, it's not the real Kevin Bacon. It's another guy. But some uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Tunsky confessed to killing Bacon with a knife. His body was found suspended from the ceiling. Police say he also removed body parts of uh, Bacon's body, which he cooked and ate according to court documents. That was last week, two two weeks ago. And there's the well, there's um, and the, years ago, there's famous story of the police officer who was in New York City he was getting people to come to his apartment, killing them and eating them. Got to take a break. Save those links. We'll be right back. Derek Murphy, our guest this evening, Synchro Mysticism on Mischief Night here on The Secret Teachings. It's not the real Mischief Night, but we're getting into it before we get to Halloween. TheSecretTeachings.info, rdgable at yahoo.com. More after this. Don't go anywhere.
and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com, and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. So it's taken months, but my new book, Liberty Shrugged, is finally available. Nearly 700 pages with archived images. It will leave you fascinated and wanting more. See, hatred for America and the Constitution is based on misconceptions of history and the rule of law. Charges of racism, sexism, and bigotry don't hold up to history in context. They stem from nullifiers who wanted to replace the Constitution and maintain hierarchy, as with the Confederate Constitution, which aimed to preserve the institution of slavery. But racism was not the foundation of that institution. It was a final justification to defend an institution which had existed forever and for which Western civilization and colonialism was actually taking steps to end. Africans and Arabs organized slave trading far exceeding anything in the Atlantic, and some continue to this day. Also, a woman's role in household duties was as systemic as a man's role in the legislature or on the battlefield. Indian tribes, when they weren't at war with one another, were choosing sides with the Europeans. See, we can't address history from the air-conditioned seats of a progressive university and pass judgments on men, women, and events that we know nothing about. My book, Liberty Shrugged, attempts to dispel countless historical, cultural, and social myths in order to find an objective understanding of history, the present, and the future. It's Liberty Shrugged at www.thesecretteachings.info. I hope you'll get a copy today for yourself, for your friends, for your family. I think you'll really enjoy it. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio. Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis and The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Thanks, Ryan. This is David Knight with thedavidknightshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Well, from vampires to cannibalism, everything has been sexualized and turned into something I would argue is perverse. And I know people want to be scared and they like to be frightened during Halloween. But this is something that we see 11 months, the other 11 months out of the year. Something we see every week, 
something we see every day. Sometimes if you're watching the news, like looking through news articles, you see it every hour. It's an obsession with the most grotesque and perverse things you can imagine every day. Our guest this evening, Derek Murphy, every day is like Halloween. It feels like when you pay attention to where the zeitgeist, where the pop culture is moving, clearly there's an energetic driving force that wants the public to consume these things. And we're told, well, it's marketing. What's what people want to see. It's, you know, the algorithm is showing people what they want to see, but I, I don't think it's as simple as that. I think it's the algorithm and the program telling us what we want to see. So then we tell them, well, that is what we want to see because the AI is smart, the computer is smart, the algorithm is smart. Sure. If you're recommending this show, I'll watch this show. And it seems like all those big movies, big TV shows, those ideas, the things that get into the zeitgeist, into the lexicon, it's all coming from a central source, and it's all meant to dehumanize and undermine human consciousness and civilization. And that might be a bold statement, but that's what it feels like, Derek. It is what it feels like. They're just, they're just changing what's considered taboo. And it's just, I wonder, as a synchromistic, somebody who's analyzed, um, at least our lifetimes, what's kind of gone on, what we've seen in the 90s versus what's happening right now, things that we were considered much, much, much more taboo being considered. And a lot of times that could be good. There's probably back in the day, there's a lot of things that were taboo for no reason. I mean, we're considered taboo for no reason, probably shouldn't be. But then, I don't know, to, to see what's being thrown at us right now just from all directions. And it gets me wondering, are, I'm not saying it is what happens, but it's going to be wondering, are they trying to lead us in a certain direction? And it's just, there's a weird, tough to parse a little because it is Halloween, but there's just this weird triumvirate of cannibalism, werewolf stuff, and vampirism stuff. Just the idea of eating people, just going going, going werewolf, just transforming into your bestial self, and just, uh, it's all over the place. It's all, so we were talking cannibals before. Do you want me to just kind of rattle through these things? Just through, uh, yeah, hit me with some of these. You said these are articles. These are references in the mainstream or maybe alternative media about cannibalism. Yeah, so this, this is kind of the, synchromistic uh, surfing the, the zeitgeist way of kind of seeing what's been being talked about in all different walks of life over the past uh, week or two. Just, just, these are all very, very recent. And again, one of the biggest things, like kind of the reason why I, I was looking for it originally was because of that Jeffrey Dahmer uh, series that's happening on Netflix right now, which is, has been number one on Netflix for at least a, like two or three weeks now for, for a while. And it's, I think it's by the American Horror Story people starring uh, the guy who was in all the American Horror Story stuff. Um, Evan something or whatever, uh, or Evan Peter, I forget his name, but the guy who's in all that, all this, all this stuff, one of the one of the guys who was drinking blood in the last season for the vampires. But it's I haven't seen it. I heard it's very very violent, but they're also, and some to some extent trying to make Dahmer a little bit sympathetic. I think a little bit. I saw a so, few minutes of it. That's exactly what they were trying to do. Yes. It's, so it's weird. So it's like yes, this guy did very t- terrible stuff, but there's a reason for it because he has mental health. Associating with mental health problems, which again is absolutely everywhere, and again, all the MK Ultra trauma stuff, all the dissociation, the rise of another big TikTok trend is the dissociation trend. People, celebrities, telling kids that they have dissociation, and kids like believing it, whether they have it or not, and then that could lead to, to real mental breaks and that type of stuff. And that again allows for possession. It's what it's allowed. It's, the mind control stuff gets all the headlines to the MK Ultra stuff, but what I believe they're truly doing is entity contact and possession. It's, it's the show Moon Knight. It's trauma to split your mind, to fracture your mind, and those cracks allow things to, to, to break in. In Moon Knight's case, 
multiple personalities and a, a, a lunar god from Egypt. Take all that into consideration. Dahmer, Dahmer being kind of the big, the big one. And this Timothy Chalamet movie is getting a lot of press because it's like just it's just starting. It's like indie Sundance con run, like kind of circuit right now before it hits theaters for all of us. But the, like all the trailers are coming out and everything, so this is all very recent. And then that um, story about Cannibal pleading guilty from from last week, uh, eating Kevin Bacon, and then again from a few days ago. I'm not sure why they're talking about it because it's a guy from the 80s. But Cannibal Killer is walking free and making a living off his crime. A Japanese man who murdered an eight woman is free to walk the streets of his homeland. Um, it, oh, and he's even said to that he does daydream about eating someone else before he dies uh, from the Latin Bible. And I don't know why they're talking about it other than just to put more cannibal stuff out there. But then another cannibal horror movie just dropped. Um, the, article, the article talks about how there's like an oversaturation of cannibal content. So this is like a, just a regular pop culture article that noticed it. And uh, the headline is, um, Feed Me, horror movie trailer, uh, sees man becoming a willing cannibal victim. The first Feed Me horror movie trailer arrives showing a depressed man who becomes a willing cannibal victim to a serial killer. Following the, the uh, success of Sebastian Stan's Fresh, which is another uh, cannibal movie released in January in uh, Bones and All coming in November, Feed Me is keeping up with the cannibal trend. What's the trailer for, for, for Monster? the Jeffrey Dahmer story just dropped or whatever. This is from like two weeks ago. And then this is like when I knew there was like a, a, tra- a track of synchronicities. It's when it really hits like other major pillars. And it's like, it's when like, when like Musk crosses over to like the Johnny Depp trial. That's when you know you've got some good synchronicities that with like big walks of life really crossing paths. So in this case, it hit the Ukraine stuff. We've got a headline from the New York Post from like the last week of uh, September. Putin again. This is probably all propaganda. Same with like the the which like the warlocks they're recruiting and the aliens doing whatever. It was a high chance of propaganda. But as the headline reads, Putin reportedly enlists serial killers, comma a cannibal to fight in Ukraine war. It's just like Putin got cannibals now. Is that is that, is that what so you're, is that, so is that Put, deal? Putin's unleashing cannibal? I mean, that's usually like a Nazi movie, like Hitler unleashes cannibal Gestapo. <laughs> yeah, I know. That would be Hitler. Yeah, it's the same. <laughs> Same thing. It's, it's like might as well say he, he, he has a vampire army on his on his team. And it's just like it's crazy. And he, and he was just saying, uh, or a few months ago, he was saying how um, Ukraine is doing well because they have mutated soldiers on their team that they're mm-hmm. doing like like they have mutants and stuff. And he just said this past weekend in like a speech that um, their whole the whole drive. I don't even think this is like that much propaganda. I think it's kind of he kind of probably what he believes is that the Western world is being overrun by Satanism and that they're coming for our kids and they want to like put Satanism, they want to take take over the world with Satanism. Like he just, he just said this, this is like a EU, EU observer. Um, he, he just said this. So I don't know. That's a, that's a weird thing. But when it, whenever like the Ukraine thing, they got like the link with cannibals. I was, I almost lost my mind. And then for good measure, they're kind of saying, also, don't worry, it's natural, because animals do it all the time. Mm-hmm. So again, from a, few day, from a few days ago, why cannibalism is common behavior for some animals. While humans do not accept cannibalism, the behavior is common and predictable for some animals out of necessity. This is from uh, Discover Magazine. And then from um, Ecology, from Journal Ecology. Um, when things get too crowded, a hormone spike may turn animals into cannibalism. And, and it's just that's what they're trying to tell us. Well, again, that, like, again, is it just, this isn't even a question for you, Derek, it's just a rhetorical question. Is it Halloween, or is it every day, every week, every month, all year? 
And I'm pretty sure that it's every day, every month, every week, every month, every year. We see this kind of stuff proliferate in the zeitgeist. The New York Times ran that article, Taste for Cannibalism, question mark, back in June or July. So the New I York Times sh- noticed that there was a... I, yeah, yeah, I did a show on that. Show on yeah. yeah, exactly. So, and it, which kind of, that's kind of crescendoing right now. So I don't think, I mean, it might be a coincidence in the end of September type of thing. So yes, yes, we are in spooky season. Yes, I understand that. But also paired with all the incest that stuff it's just it's really it's really crazy and uh also did you did you happen to see werewolf by night on disney channel no about, uh, no i have not i've not seen that no yeah but that's just another werewolf thing where um i don't want to spoil it but it just it falls in exactly what we're talking about and it's disney doing their their, their horror version and you can name name all the the sexy werewolf things we've gotten from from Twilight to Teen Wolf on MTV, which is getting this new reboot spinoff thing from this from the director this past like week or two weeks ago. They just they just announced it, and yeah, I don't know. They're trying to get us to go wolf. They're trying to get us to wolf out. They're <laughs> trying to get us to wolf and, out. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and synchronistically, the the logo for the Ukraine army is a werewolf. And, they, and what mouth. what does Azov use? They use they use the wolf's hook. Wolf's head. Crazy. Wolf's hook. Absolutely crazy. And, uh, and Hitler had his, like, one of his main bases, apparently. I had, I had to double check this to make sure. I checked a bunch of history sites, and it's, it's for, for real. He called his, like, main base of operations in Eastern Europe was in Ukraine, and he called it Werewolf. Like, Werewolf. And, like, based, based on Werewolf. And apparently, he called himself the Wolf. That was, like, the persona that he wanted to be known as. Yeah, that's... He wanted to be known as a Werewolf, I guess. No, that's that's actually stunningly true. In fact, Smithsonian Magazine wrote an article called The Nazi Werewolves Who Terrorized Allied Soldiers at the End of World War II. Uh, though the guerrilla fighters didn't succeed in slowing the Allied occupation of Germany, they did so fear wherever they went. No, you're 100% right. This is where Castle Wolfenstein, right? You've played that video game? Yeah. I mean, the, the, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. A, lot of the, the, a lot of contemporary modern werewolf lore really was solidified during World War II uh, in uh, Europe as a result of the Germans taking on this, or I should say the Nazis, not the Germans, but the Nazis taking on this uh, mystical, uh, cryptid identity. That's, I mean, the Smithsonian reported on that. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, no, that's bizarre. That's bizarre. And, and synchronistically, again, this is like all on its face, these aren't anything really major, but it's just, it's just, it's tough to describe what synchronicism well, well, is other than just the kind of surface zeitgeist and kind of a uh, well you should re- you, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry you, you should we should also we should also state that the reason that that article from the Smithsonian is really important in, in regard to what you're saying is because the Azov battalion that uses the wolf hook they literally are actual real Nazis like in the traditional swastika uh, Seigel uh, ruin fashion and so they use the wolf's hook the wolf, the werewolf, Hitler, and the Nazis back in the time of World War II and prior to World War II, they took on these myths as part of the lore of the Nazi identity. So we're seeing the same thing happen in Ukraine today. And then you mentioned Hitler, uh, well, the, I, they call him the modern Hitler, Vladimir Putin, with, uh, with the cannibal soldiers. It's, it's just so weird how things recycle and things are connected like this. I'm glad you're on the show tonight to break it down for us, Derek. <laughs> Thank you. It is weird. And just, again, synchronicity just so happens that, that they call him the worst, serial, like, the worst serial killer of all time, ranked amongst the worst serial killers of all time. He has uh, 81 victims, and he's called the Russian werewolf, and he was born, born in Ukraine. Sometimes he's called the Serbian werewolf or the cop killer, 
serial killer. Yeah, um, yep, I remember that. Killed 80 people. Called the werewolf from from Russia, specifically born in Ukraine. Uh, not saying Ukrainians are werewolves, just no weird synchronicity. And <laughs> uh, some, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get an email about that one. He's saying you, I, know, I uh, stand with Ukraine. Yeah, it's just, exactly. It's just it's tough to, to explain synchronicity. It's just it's a tapestry. We're just trying to read read what's going on, trying to analyze what's permeating um, what's broke throughout the zeitgeist and stuff. I don't know. Where do you want to go from here? There's there's also the, the amount of magic and magical thinking that they've got is kind of a Obviously Halloween, but it's hitting it's hitting a crescendo point too with uh, Hocus Pocus for our generation. Hocus Pocus uh, too. Um, do you remember the original Hocus Pocus? I I do. That was when I was growing up. I've seen that movie several times. I've not seen the new one yeah. though. It's it's very similar, and I, I don't want to I don't want to spoil it. But just just all from the intro, uh, just like the first first ten minutes. And like so, you know how the first one, it's about um, these witches who were who were draining the essence, the life force out of these children just to stay young and beautiful forever. Um, specifically, these like ones that came back from came back from the dead these like return of these witches. yeah it's based on were. it's based on hillary rodham clinton i think <laughs> i think you're right i think you're right and uh they, they practice necromancy by raising zombies to do their bidding for them and stuff and it's, it's a lot of weird real occultism uh kind of tied to it but the, the main characters are just this guy from hollywood this guy from california who um uh, just kind of fish out a water story who's just this regular surfer guy who goes to salem massachusetts and then his his kid sister Who's the same thing? Just a little girl from California, and then like the main lady, the main actress is a uh, just a fan of Salem. She just wasn't a witch, but she's just a fan of like the lore of Salem. And they're, they're your they're your avatars for the movie. That's who you're watching the movie through. And all the occultism seems really weird and foreign. And fast forward to today, so the 29 years, 30 years, however long it's been, um, the main characters are co- uh, three friends, a coven of witches. They, they, they meet the Sanderson sisters in the beginning of the movie because they themselves are doing a spell in this coven. I mean, in this uh, in this grove of trees, like out in the woods, where the where like so it just so happened that the Sanderson sisters had their base of operations back in the day. So it just it's that's a I feel like a pretty good illustration of again not that witchcraft is bad, but just a pretty good illustration of what's happened to culture. Just like regular kids getting caught into this witch adventure to like. Which a bunch of TikTok witches meeting the Santa's and sisters, you know? That seems to, and I don't know. And we just had that uh, Vanessa Hudgens announced she's getting a new docuseries um, where she chronicles her adventure into witchcraft, into her seeing her, her, yeah. her like, yeah, I heard going about to other that. realms, meeting spirits and stuff. Yeah. Well, it's a popular thing for celebrities to do. I mean, they get into well, whatever is going to get them hits, whether it's showing their tits or it's becoming a witch or it's <laughs> yeah. hating Donald Trump, whatever gets them the clicks and the likes and the hits, right? So that's, exactly. I mean, that's clearly part of it. And I mean, this is, this is the reason that not only do I like talking to you, Derek, but this is the reason I do the secret teachings because when I hear, let's say, let's talk about a werewolf. You talk about a werewolf, okay? A werewolf is not necessarily something that just, literally a human being turns into a werewolf it's we get so many of our, our of our ideas from movies so yeah. the werewolf the idea the concept of it i'm not saying something to like uh, the effect of a dog man can't exist but the idea of the werewolf is basically the animal self inside the human self if you will or coexisting with it that yeah. becomes dominant so when someone becomes very animalistic aggressive and violent they are taking on the the uh, persona of the werewolf. So then they are depicted as animalistic. And then through generations, we see these depictions and all, there must've been actual people that turned into wolves. 
not necessarily. However, 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 with nowadays genetic engineering and gene splicing and crossing over humans and animals and insects, etc., we could actually create real-life werewolf-like creatures. Then also, there's the idea that you have other dimensional entities that might manifest in our world in a way that we can only identify them by something that we know. So maybe they 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 appear as dog or wolf because, well, that's man's best friend, right? And they're not trying to scare us. They're trying to put on a costume, in a sense, to make us feel more welcome. But we're afraid of them, so we push them away. There's a lot of different angles to, to break this down. Does that make sense? Oh, for sure, for sure. And I love this uh, line of thinking, too, like the different types of uh, potential weirdness that's out there. Because, yeah, I leave the door open for, for, for everything, for the actual being weird humanoid dog creatures out there and potentially, I don't know, who knows, but um, there's also actual, uh, like, sex and, witch- and witchcraft who do dark magic and try to embrace, like, animal qualities and stuff, like like lycanthropes and, and uh, lycanthropy and that type of thing. People who try to, like, like Skinwalk is probably the most famous version where they try to wear pelts of animals and, and rituals to turn themselves into some beast uh, monster. Like, in a lot of cases, it was, like, to battle to battle the Wendigo in the in the lower like to fight back yes. against the against the Wendigo that's out in the woods, but then it goes it goes crazy and that kind of stuff. There's just a lot of dark, or the stories of, of people working dark magic to try to intentionally embrace their inner inner animal, whether it be to actually act like animals and like howl and try to embrace their. Oh, inner, did you see the inner, no, the Northman? There was a scene in the Northman about no, that. I remember? No, I got I have to uh, see it. No, no. Oh, okay, okay. I won't, won't spoil it for you, but there is a scene. Pay attention for it. When they go in, there's a scene where they go into battle. They basically they whip themselves up into a frenzy and they become yep. very animalistic and they they literally attack this village as animals. Like they become the yeah. animal as they're attacking the village. That's a werewolf. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly right. And it's 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 very similar to like like method acting or like trying to trying to become the become the role you're trying to to trying to embody, but they just do it with animals instead. It, it was. It was all over, the, all over the place. And weirdly, it just reminds me, uh, just another spooky story, that uh, Anna Darmus this past weekend said that she's being, she was the one who played uh, Marilyn Monroe in the new Blonde movie for Netflix that just came out. Mm-hmm. Um, she's saying that she, that she was haunted by Marilyn uh, Monroe, that Marilyn Monroe was like basically possessed her and was around her at all, at all times during the, during the course of the thing. And that like, that's very common with actors that like, uh, especially when they're trying to embody a character. So, take that with the with the werewolf thing and just to to embrace our our darker instincts to kind of to kind of let these let these bestial qualities kind of kind of come out is more like is what i'm kind of thinking as far as just what they're trying to do to the to the culture um oh yes absolutely with the inside with the inside stuff and also just just to kind of tie everything together it's if you can like by acting like a monster you can invite the monster in which is that northman idea or like the method acting idea, acting like the person invites the spirit of the person to house you, for, to have it in, in you for a while, even a fictional character, type of topo thing, um, which again, it could be a werewolf theory for there, because we believe in it so much. It's actually a birth out there somewhere running around in the woods. But you hit us with the MK Ultra's drama stuff. You hit us with the constant, constant, everything just happened in the last three years. Over the head, over the head, on the internet, more more stimulus than we could possibly handle, split us, split us, and then like make us make us an empty shell, and then on top of that, get us get us to act wild and act like cannibals and cannibals and 
and sexual behavior or little demon and all this kind of crazy stuff like inviting in inviting in these forces like to the north man acting like an animal let's get this is what we're trying to get us to do so that like things can house inside of our, our, our vessel well like, that another is- one of these cannibal links i have is like how um the feral girl boss is the new trend or whatever and it's like the, the thumbnail they used was Meg was uh, Megan Fox and Jennifer's body, where she's possessed by a, a, a succubus demon to like eat eat people. Um, the idea being like it's similar to the uh, Barbie core we talked about last time, but it's like feral core or like goblin core, which is like to act like a monster. So in this case, it was like feral core boss. They tried to make it like glamour like to glamorize it, but like I mean, like a, a literal like man eater type thing to like act gross like don't I don't know like the feral feral thing is to act that whole idea is to act like a wild animal and the goblin core whole thing is like ignore your physical body forget that like like be as gross as possible who cares about anything like anything at all it's like like it's like 70 percent of all protesters I've seen in the last couple of years <laughs> exactly literally it's like, it's like it's like fairy core where the fairy core is like go foraging wear elf ears we're we're like like look look like a Lord of the Rings character and go Does harvest that, go harvest berries in the woods and it's like like a, like a, like a fairy princess type of thing. Does that it's connect like with a, the furry stuff too? I think exactly. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a different. It's like a, they call it a TikTok aesthetic, but it's like where you actually just embrace us whole. Like it was that the cryptid core from a few years ago where people would act like Bigfoot hunters and stuff. But this is like you act like a mythical creature, like a goblin or a fairy and stuff. But like the goblin core is specifically you act gross. You act like a monster. You, you, a goblin mode, like, like just go, like just go goblin. And then this feral thing is, is also being tied to the Megan Fox cannibal thing to like a literal man eater and like be disgusting, be gross. It's a really just a wild thing. So, so combine it all together, throw it all in the mix, traumatize us, get us to act like monsters, split our minds, like leave the door open for something to come in, hook us and create us these like doll husk vessel versions of ourselves and then invite this monster in while also simultaneously hooking up the technology, creating an environment where these demon AI demons are all around us, whether in a robot or in the microwave. And then this doesn't even include, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I'm rambling. No, 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 no. You should actually continue before I say what I'm going to say. Go ahead. No, no, that's it. it. Well, I was going to say you'd uncross the wires and made it more clear to see in that statement. I completely agree with you. And when you say man eater, Something comes to mind, I read it in a Manly Hall book one time, Secret Teachings of All Ages. He talked a lot about the Egyptian Hall of the Dead, the Hall of Judgment, and how if the soul, which is represented by the feather, was weighed against the heart, which is the physical, and you would think the heart's heavier than a feather, but the feather is the soul. So if the soul was more weightful and the soul outweighed the heart, they would throw the physical into the mouth of a great beast and they called it the man eater. So by de by dehumanizing people and undermining human development and rather than progressing upward from elemental mineral plant, animal, human demigod and God, we're now regressing or degressing into an animal state, which will then bring us, into a lower and lower state of consciousness and awareness. It's literally inverting the tree of life and working what we think is upward in some way progress. But since it's inverted, we're actually working down into the lower realms of crystallized Malkuth physical reality. And when that happens, again, 
our development is undermined. We are dehumanized and our souls and our hearts are thrown to the man eater. We are cannibalized by these great monstrous beasts. Exactly. Exactly. And just, I don't subscribe to a lot of these like new age theories and these like, even not just even like other like religions and stuff. We'll talk about we're heading to some type of ascension. We're headed to some type of revelation or this new phase or we're about to evolve to the, to 5D or whatever garbage you want to, you want to talk about. It's just like people are, people seem to be sensing some type of like change, some type of like new era or whatever, like age of Aquarius, whatever, whatever you want to say. And it's like, and then bring it full circle to the, to the whole, like we create, we're creating reality. Some, something is acting through us to manifest reality. Yes. That's how that's. So if we're, if we're in this transformative era, when if we're the ones doing it, if our minds are the ones doing it, like the, like the novel, amount of novelty that's happening is getting more and more, like the quickening or whatever, whatever term, or term of phrase you want to use, then as this like reality manifesting engine is really working full speed, which is us, you throw in like all kind of junk into the into its into, into, into its fuel tank. You know, just just make sure everything that is looking at everything this everything this machine is consuming. And there goes Derek. He just got cut off. I don't know why this seems to happen at the end of the show. Like after an hour and 55 minutes with a guest, for some reason the line disconnects. It ha- this happens a lot. This happened with... Uh, Your call has been forwarded. Who'd this happen with? This happened with a couple of different guests. I apologize about this. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. We're just about out of time. I'll try to connect with Derek really quick to get his final comments. You want to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. Subscribe to the archive. Buy my new book, Liberty Shrugged, or my older books, Occult Arcana, just a few years old, at thesecretteachings.info. It supports the show, keeps us on air. I think we have Derek back now. Derek, are you, Derek, are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry, but I don't know what happened. No this, is, no, this is like the fourth time this has happened. The last, well, you're one of them, so the last four guests I've had on, including you, it's cut out at like a minute, uh, an hour and 55 minutes. I don't know why it's coming oh, well, yeah, no, I'll, I'll wrap it up here, though. But we, just, we got about so, sixty seconds of uh, wrap up. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so just if 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 we're the one that's kind of kind of creating reality, the importance of us, like, and this is this is physics, like the observer effect, like we're we're the ones that like creating the world. If by throwing all this kind of negativity, getting us to act monstrous, getting us to think the world around us is is monstrous, covered like cannibalism is normalized, incest is normalized, whatever, pick your pick, like robots of the future, yada, yada, that world is being manifested around us. And that's what I worry about. So just like, if anything, just, uh, just the point of sacred mythicism is just be aware of the themes that are popping up and which ones are organic, which ones are being told to you by somebody and try to like, try to like keep your head above the water. Basically. That's, that's pretty much it. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. And I'm really glad that throughout the show tonight, I told you this during break, you've attempted to be, and I say attempted because other people might not interpret it that way, but you've attempted to be very, very objective in the way that you view this. I feel the same way you do. Not everything is a conspiracy. And when you typically have two different sides, when you have one that believes that everything is uh, a conspiracy and the other that thinks conspiracies, you know, are totally made up. Everything's just whatever the mainstream of anything says, no matter how contradictory convoluted it is, these are the quote skeptics. You know, neither one of those sides of and points of view make any sense to me. So finding somewhere in the middle, the middle path, trying to be objective and looking at things from a different point of view, like we did the werewolf, the cannibal, the vampire, and all these other things tonight on Mischief Night here on The Secret Teachings with Derek Murphy. It's mischief 
in the zeitgeist. Derek, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Ryan. It's always a blast. Thank you. It's a pleasure. It's a blast to have you on the show. We'll have you on again. Happy Halloween, if that means anything to you. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween, Ryan. Later. Bye. All right. Bye-bye, Derek. Derek Murphy, I'm Ryan. This is The Secret Teachings www.thesecretteachings.info five nights a week Monday through Friday I actually hit my mute button there that's why my voice cut out Monday through Friday 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific after Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis thesecretteachings.info groundzero.radio please subscribe to our archive to support the show or you can listen for free and you have to listen to those ads but they're monetized so we get something from that you can also buy one of my books www.thesecretteachings.info rdgable at yahoo.com stay safe stay informed stay healthy don't be afraid be informed and we will talk to you on the next broadcast tomorrow night friday another big show and next week we'll have some other guests on we're gonna have karen dahlman to talk about the ouija board charlie robinson and some others so you don't want to miss that either